You're listening to a podcast of the Sunday morning message from Grace Christian Church in the city of Cork on the beautiful south coast of Ireland. We hope and pray that it will be a blessing to you. Thank you, guys. It's good to see you in. It's good to be with God's people. It's good to sense how God is so alive and moving in people's lives. Hallelujah. Welcome to Cafe Church. We're watching in downstairs on the live screen. I know Farad and Fiona are looking after you down there today. So good to have you with us as well. I'm going to go straight into my message. I know this is a very busy time of year. The week's coming up to Christmas. But I want us to focus in on something. And I'm calling it a tough journey. But I've got a question mark on the end of it. Because I'm going to let you know what I'm talking about. Sometimes you and I go on a bit of a tough journey in life. And you know what? You and I need to go through a tough journey sometimes. It does you good and it does me good. I can remember a couple of years ago, those distressing uh, clips on the news and online and on TV about all those poor people from Syria who had to literally run for their lives from Syria because of the civil war there, and it was horrific. The death, the destruction, the famine, the lack of medical care, and people took a tough journey to come across Europe through Turkey and Greece and ended up in Germany, in Sweden, in Ireland. It was a tough journey. But they left a place of death so that they could have life. They left a place where they were quite likely to die so that they could live their lives in a place where they could live, not just for them, but for their children and their children's children. I wonder what you would have done if you were living in Aleppo in Syria, where there was no food and there were bombs falling on your children. I wonder what you do, because we can be very judgmental against immigrants coming in. And you know what? It's wrong. Would anyone say amen? Jesus Christ, the whole message of the gospel is to welcome people, welcome the stranger. But these people had a terribly tough journey. And many of them now have come and have found life around Europe. And I know there's other issues, and I'm not getting into any politics, but just the basic human need that was there. But they went on a tough journey. And I'm going to look at a tough journey that Jesus asked his followers to go on. And we're going to look at Luke 20, or sorry, Luke 10 in just a moment, the first 20 verses. And, you know, as I was preparing this, I was thinking, what was the toughest journey I ever went on? And and I spoke about those Syrian refugees. And, you know, I don't know that I was ever on a tough journey. As I was thinking about it, I was saying the toughest journey I was ever on was when I was 20. And Denise and I joined some other Christians. We were new Christians, not maybe about a year uh, knowing the Lord. And someone said, we're going up to a church up in the north of Ireland. Would you like to come? And we said, we'd love to meet other Christians. You see, at that time in Cork, there was maybe 100 Christians around the city in total. We all knew each other's dental records. Hallelujah. (laughs) 
You knew all the Christians. There weren't that many of us, but there were a lot up in the north of Ireland. So we were eager. And I remember we went with some of the other guys and the guy driving the car had bought, like there wasn't a lot of money back then. This is almost 40 years ago. And I remember the, the guy who had the car, it was a real banger. It was a small little Fiat car and the engine sounded like um, a sewing machine <laughs> or a lawnmower. And there was no motorways in Ireland way back then. The roads were really bad. I remember driving from Cork, or them driving from Cork to Mallow. There were five of us squeezed into the li this little car. And by the time we got to Mallow, we were exhausted. <laughs> because the road was like that. Anyone remember the old Mallow Road? A few, a few, a few do. It was a terrible road. But I'll never forget that journey because... The car broke down three or four times on the way, and he went looking for, um, I remember in one village he went looking for uh, a clothes hanger so he could fix the car. It was that kind of journey, you know? And it was cold and it was wet, and other than the, the zeal for the Lord, uh, I don't know what I have lasted. When we finally got up there, we said, thank you, Lord. We made it up safe and sound. And then someone, after driving, it took about seven hours, said, did you know there's a great meeting on tonight? And we said, great. We thought it was in the town. The town was called Straban in County Tyrone. They said, no, no, it's across in Antrim. Let's go there tonight. So he said, okay, let's go there. So in the little small car, we went over. But we had to go over the Sparren Mountains, and there was a blizzard of snow. So we just prayed in tongues the whole way over. <laughs> and honestly, I'll never forget that journey. And I just said, thank you, Lord, but I will never be doing that journey again. But that was my toughest journey that I ever had to undertake. Um, but what I, I'm, I'm fascinated with this scripture. I really am intrigued by this scripture in Luke chapter 10. And I'm just going to look at the main parts of the first 20 verses. Let's see a tough journey Jesus asked his followers to go. And we pray your word would feed us and nourish us today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So you can throw up the, uh, the, the scriptures on the screen in Cafe Church as well. Sorry, I should say the, the context of this is that Jesus had already sent out the 12 apostles and they came back and then Jesus wanted to send out 72 other followers before he would go to these towns. So he sent out his followers first and this is what's happened. Jesus chose 72 other followers and he sent them out two by two to every town he was about to visit. The harvest is white, he said, but the workers are few. I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. Don't take any money or belongings with you and don't waste time as you journey on the road. When you enter a house, bless it with a prayer of peace. If the people living there are peace-loving, your prayer will rest on them. If they're not welcoming, your prayer will return to you. If a town welcomes you, heal their sick and proclaim the kingdom of God is near. 
if they refuse to welcome you, go out on the main street and shake the dust off your feet. Judgment will come in that town. Whoever listens to you, listens to me. Afterwards, the 72 followers returned with great joy and they said, Lord, even the demons obeyed when we spoke in your name. Then Jesus said to them, I saw Satan fall from heaven like he was just a flash of lightning. I have given you power to defeat the schemes of your enemy Satan. Nothing can harm you. But don't be happy because the demons obey you. Rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Hallelujah. I tell you why I love this. Who were these 72 others? Who were they? The first thing we know is that no names were given. There was John and Mary and Sheila and Patrick. No, no. Why weren't they recorded? We got the names of the big boys, the 12, but we never got these guys' names. So we can be certain these are the regular followers of Jesus, a bit like us, the regular people, not the big names, the regular people who loved the Lord. So there was no names given. They were ordinary followers. Here's what I love. Maybe you feel uncomfortable. I don't know. They got no training. No training. Did they get a degree? Did they go to seminary for three years? Did they learn all the techniques about healing? Did they go and do an intensive workshop? on how to go and talk about Jesus and heal the sick. No, Jesus spoke for five minutes with them and he sent them off like lambs among wolves. But every one of them returned, hallelujah. They were not the 12 big boys, no names, ordinary followers, no real training, but all of them returned, every one, every one of them. And look what the scripture says, or what Jesus said to them. If they welcome you, the people in these towns, heal their sick and proclaim the kingdom of God is near. So you're one of the 72 or I'm one of the 72. And Jesus said, you can do it. I'm with you, go out on this tough journey. And as you're going out, tell everyone, the kingdom of God is near. The kingdom of God is near. The kingdom of God is near. There's something powerful happening. And the kingdom of God is near. And Jesus is going to come and visit this town very soon. And we're going before him. Do you know there's one called Jesus who's about to come to this town? And he will heal the sick as well. And he'll raise the dead. And he'll cast out demons. Because the kingdom of God, sometimes translated as the kingdom of heaven, is near. So they're going out knowing that Jesus is going to visit this place soon. I love what the... Prince of Preachers, Charles Spurgeon, a great pastor of about 120 years ago in London, he wrote this about this verse. What a joy when the servant knows his master's coming after him. 
Though he may only do a little, he is preparing the way for the one who can do it all. Hallelujah. If you go out in your area, in your school, in your office, among your family, you and I are preparing the way. We can do a little and Jesus can do it all. But you and I are going out and we're called to do what we can do. And it might be a little, but we're called to do it. So this is a tough journey. Let me just break down what these people had to face. Remember, some of them probably couldn't even read. And the Jesus movement was quite new, so they weren't around for a while. And they weren't part of the establishment like the famous rabbis or anything like that. So these guys had nothing going for them naturally. And look at what Jesus said to them. What exactly did these people have to face? He said they would be lambs among wolves. Now a wolf in scripture is one who devours the sheep. A wolf is a dangerous animal. There used to be wild wolves in Ireland. And I heard there recently, someone is trying to reintroduce the wild wolves back into Ireland. Do you know what? Wolves kill people. And wolves destroy lambs, the most vulnerable of animals, the lamb. And Jesus said, I'm sending you out like a lamb among wolves. You see, the wolf is cunning. The wolf is streetwise. The wolf is a master manipulator. They know how to manipulate you and me with their sweet words and they appear in wolf in a sheep's clothing, but behind them there's an evil in their heart and they want to destroy us. And Jesus is sending these new believers without any training out like lambs among wolves. You see, it really is like manipulation. But Jesus is saying, you will not be manipulated. They won't succeed. And every one of the 72 returned. There was no lamb devoured. I prophesy over you. If you're afraid of something God asks you to do, you will come back and you will not be devoured. Hallelujah. Do you believe it? You won't be devoured. Lambs among wolves, no comforts. You can't bring a change of clothing. You mean not even my nice fleece, you know, when it's kind of cold, Jesus, like, you know, in the evening I like my fleece jacket. No, no, no change of clothing, no money. That's okay, I have my debit card, that'll do, you know, I'll, I'll just, no, nothing. You see, all of us have a comfort, don't we? Just think about it. How many people here have a favorite armchair they like to crash into in the evening where they live? Well, everyone over a certain age is after putting up their hands in a few. <laughs> How many of us would be willing to go on a journey without our mobile phones? Ah, Roger, you're too old. So you know what life was like before there was any mobile phones. So that's easy. When my children were small, they used to love um, uh, a little comfort blanket when they'd go to sleep. And in Cork, that's known as a nang-nang. It sounds, sounds Chinese, doesn't it? But, uh, 
No nang-nangs on the journey, lads. No comforts, no little thing that you just like, Jesus, how could you do this to me? No, he said, go out. You're like a lamb among wolves. You're not going to bring any comforts with you. Verse 3, verse 4. Sorry, guys. And you're going to have to deal with sickness. He says in verse 9. Now, remember, in first century Palestine, there was no hospitals. There was no any. When someone is sick, you saw it all, baby. There was nothing hidden away. There was no painkillers. There was nothing like that. It was full-on sickness. People with their bodies rotting. And Jesus is sending these people out to touch them, lay hands on them, and pray for healing in their lives. But I don't even have a bachelor's in, um, in, in, in preaching. or No, you don't. You've no training at all, but you've got God with you. One with God is a majority. Now, I'm all for learning more about the Bible. I'm all for training. Don't misinterpret me. But you can do it with or without that. If the Lord is with you, we can do it. Lambs among wolves, no clothing, sickness, rejection. Now, I don't know anyone who likes rejection. You know, if you say, I love an old bit of rejection, do you know what? There's something wrong with you. There really is. You're, you're mentally unstable or something. Seriously, if you like rejection, Michael will pray with you afterwards, yeah? <laughs> Nobody likes rejection. If you get off on rejection, there's something wrong with you. No matter how confident you are, none of us like to be rejected. And yet Jesus is sending all these really young believers without any training and they're going to go into towns and to people's houses that they are dependent upon because if someone doesn't welcome them they don't have a place to sleep and they're not going to get any dinner or anything like that and some of them are going to reject them and Jesus how could you do that how could you send me out for people to reject me you know what Jesus said they rejected me they'll reject you if you're a real believer Sometimes people will reject you, and that's okay. You see, you and I are called to stretch beyond the niceness of Christianity. There's so many blessings, and we talk about them a lot in this church. But we're not meant to be jelly baby Christians. We're meant to stretch our faith. Would anyone say amen? We're meant to be men and women of faith and to be able to take a little bit on the chin. And so when I go out and I tell someone about Jesus and they laugh at me, you know what? They're laughing at the Lord, not at me. And I go, that's okay. Because the next person won't reject the word. The next person will come to faith. And there is nothing more wonderful, in my opinion, in life than seeing someone come to faith in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. To be translated from darkness to light. To be rescued from a certainty in hell forever. And to be given the opportunity of heaven forever. Hallelujah. But they had to take on board a little bit of rejection and finally they had to deal with demons with the demonic now with the rejection thing I can remember when I became a Christian first my worst 
enemy really, was the guy I worked with. As soon as he heard I was a Christian, his whole attitude towards me turned. He used to be very friendly, we got on well together in work. I became a Christian and he hated me. He took every opportunity to mock me, to throw Bibles at me, to do whatever. He really became really difficult to handle. And I worked in a small company, and I remember at the time there was about 10 of us there. And you know, so, so when there's only 10 of you there, you're going to be with someone a lot. It was really difficult. And I remember praying, Lord, would you save his soul? I pray he would become a Christian. And you know what? God didn't answer my prayer. He never did. And I had to endure this fella for two years. But I'll tell you what the Lord did do. At the end of the two years, when I had toughened up, it was a great training ground, he got a job somewhere else. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> and a, sent a great peace descended upon that company. He didn't get saved, but his mother became a Christian, and his brother became a Christian, and his sister became a Christian. Hallelujah. Now you might go, that's a coincidence. No, it's not. Pray. We don't know how God will work, and maybe he will yet become a Christian through his family. But God started a work in his family. The worst mocker and hater of the gospel. And it was the best training ground I ever had. No, Jesus, I don't want that kind of thing. You need that kind of thing. Question is, do you, are you man enough or woman enough to take it on board? How could Jesus do this to all these people? How could he do it? He didn't give them any training. He sent them out. Off you go, lads. Demons, people vomiting in front of you, but you're going to pray for them to be healed. They'll tell you get lost. You mightn't have your dinner a good few days. You might be just sleeping on the side of the road. And I'm telling you, there's going to be some streetwise people who are going to try and run rings around you. And you know what? No training, no techniques, no nothing. Off you go. Is that the Jesus we worship? Is that the Jesus in your life? I'll tell you something. That's the best thing that could have ever happened to them. Oh, I don't like this church. Oh, he's coming out with something I'm not comfortable with. Not one of them was devoured. Not one. You go out with God's anointing on you, you won't be devoured either. I am here today. Maybe I'm a voice in the wilderness. Because we're all thinking of Christmas and all the nice things, but you know. Sometimes God gets us to go on a tough journey and we just have to have the courage because these 72 people did. And how did it end? Well, verse 17 tells us afterwards the 72 returned and they were really, really down and they were exhausted and they felt really, no, they returned with great joy. And look what they said. Even the demons obeyed. When we spoke in your name. Here's what I find fascinating. Jesus never told them cast out demons. Read it up. Read the context in Luke and in the other gospels. He never told them you were to go out and cast out demons. Yet these guys in the hothouse of this trying atmosphere touched heaven. They went out with all these challenges and they knew he was very near. 
they knew Jesus was close. They knew the Spirit of God was moving. And something in all of them. Remember he sent them out two by two. It wasn't our gang coming to town. Like if there was 72 of us and we were going up to, I don't know, Mallow. It's kind of okay, isn't it? We're a big gang. Oh no, you can have one other person with you. I know, I'd like a bigger crowd. No, just one other person. And they went in and they knew the power of God. And because they touched heaven, they rebuked the demons not in their own name, in the name of Jesus. Come on now, like, where, where did they learn how to do that? Did they go to the Bible school to learn how to do that? No. Did they go to the intensive six-month course? We will tell you the techniques about casting out demons. No. Go off out, and he never even mentioned demons. And yet as they're out visiting those towns and homes, the demons manifest, and they say, in the name of Jesus, leave that person. Hallelujah. And so they come back rejoicing. So these guys come back from a tough journey, not shattered, not, oh my God, I'm never going to do that again. Now I feel so rejected. Nothing of that. They come back ebullient. They come back full of fire. They come back strengthened. They say, Lord, even the demons obeyed us. Can I suggest to you, brothers, can I suggest to you, sisters, that sometimes we just take bit of a step of faith. And when God says, go on off out into the office, go off out to the neighbor. Someone you love and they're sick. Well, I, I couldn't heal. I'm not a pastor. Do you think they were pastors? No. Do you? Well, Lord, uh, you know, when the apostles come, no. When the really mature believers who've been wrong for years, no, they were only wrong for a few months. And they went off and they did it. Are you hearing me? I'm trying to stir your souls to go, if there's someone you love who is sick, I know the scripture talks about the elders of the church and we'll be doing that Tuesday, but you can pray for the sick. Do you know there's this powerful verse that most people never read in Revelation. And the Spirit, the Holy Spirit is saying to the church, you've done this well, you've done this well. And this is what God is saying to the church. I have this against you. You tolerate the teachings of a group of people known as the Nicolaitans. And the Nicolaitans, Nico means conquer, and Latians means the laity or the people. And it was this divisive and strange teaching that was heretical, and it began to come into the Christian church where there was a, a clergy emerging, and then kind of the laity. It's like the people with the power and the ones who were just shut up there and follow and do what you're told. And conquering the laity. And the Holy Spirit hated that. You see, the Bible teaches something called the priesthood of all believers. It means everyone who loves Jesus is, as it were, a priest. Now, I can remember my sister when she became a Christian hearing that scripture. And we were Christians for a couple of months. And she went home to my mother and she said, we are all priests and she quoted the scripture. And my mother was hysterical laughing because in her head, she had a picture of a priest and she was looking at this young one like, you know, just didn't, didn't compare. What does a priest mean? A priest simply means someone, forget the religious meaning, in a biblical term, it just means someone who ministers, someone who serves. You see, in God's eyes, we are all equal. 
Some may have a different anointing on them, but we're equal. It's like some people are evangelists. They really lead people to the Lord, but we're all called to evangelize. Some people are prophets, yet it is possible for all of us to prophesy. Hallelujah. So we see all of these things in Scripture. Yes, there are those with a special anointing, but that is not a cutoff for everyone else. Imagine you coming back. Let's say you came back in here and you said, I'm working up in the orthopedic hospital. I'm working in a call center. I'm one of the girls in the call center. Um, can't walk properly. I went up and I prayed and she was healed. And then one of the lads, one of the weird guys in the office, started manifesting as a demon and I cast the demon out in Jesus' name. Do you think you'll be popular in the office? What kind of a weird... But you know what? They won't be able to deny what happened. She was sick and now she's well. He was out of his head. And now he's sane. And he's normal. And that's the kind of dynamic that we see was going on there. The 70 people came back rejoicing and they were over the moon. And they, instead of the tough journey breaking them... It made them. Hallelujah. It made them. And this is what I've been thinking about for the last while. I can't get it out of my head. The best kind of training. And if you think, well, I'm a Christian now and I'm comfortable. Don't get into that mindset. It's not healthy for you spiritually. Would anyone say amen? amen. Yes, it's good to feel comfortable in God, but we're not meant to fall asleep. And, and I remember going into a church years ago and they kept saying, oh, soon the Lord will come back and take us home. And what? <laughs> yeah, but, but like, do you not think we're called to do something on earth? Do you? Do you think God has called you to do something? Not really, no. But I do watch TV and I do. No, we're called to more than watching TV. We are called to be ambassadors for Jesus Christ. And you don't need to have a big name and you don't need to have a big title. You just need to love Jesus. Would anyone say amen? amen. I'm trying to encourage you and challenge you. Look at what Jesus said. I have given you power to defeat the schemes of your enemy, Satan. Nothing can harm you. Do you believe that? If you believe that Satan can't harm you, would you stand? If you don't believe it, just stay seating, sitting. But if you believe that Satan cannot harm you, stand before God. Let me read this final scripture from the book of Romans. Romans 8, verse 38 to 39. For I am persuaded, are you listening? That neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, nor powers, nor present things, or things to come, not height, not depth, not any creature can separate us from the love of God. Have courage. Tough journey sometimes, but it is a blessed journey. And the people around you will be blessed. I'm going to pray in a moment for those of us 
who want to pray, God, give me courage to take the tough journey. Are you up for that prayer? Just give me the courage. That's my prayer today. Help us to get over. I don't have the right training. Believe God can use you wherever you're at. We're going to sing this beautiful song, How He Makes Us Stronger. As we sing it, reflect on that. I'm going to pray that God gives us courage. And we're also going to pray for anyone who's in the middle of a tough journey. I'm going to pray you change your thinking. And instead of all problems, you'll go, whoa, Jesus is preparing me for something brilliant. Hallelujah. Let's sing. Let's put up the words. Tough journey? Not really. It's not really tough. It's a blessing. that again guys but what I'm going to ask you to do if you're in a tough situation I'm going to pray God changes your thinking and that you overcome the thinking that you're a victim I don't know that God creates victims do you know what he creates? overcomers overcomers and I'm also going to pray for anyone who wants to say today God would you give me courage if a tough journey is coming ahead I'm going to welcome that now maybe you've already got that courage God bless you but is there anyone here who wants to pray for that courage? Would you put up your hands? Is anyone here who's on a tough journey and you're praying, God, let me see the things that are unseen. Angels, archangels, demons, change my thinking in the middle of this tough situation. Would you put up your hands? Okay. Praise God. Loads of hands going up. We're going to sing this song again. We're going to ask you to leave your seat. Janie, guys, if we can't leave our seat, if we're that fearful, how can God use you and me out in the world? Let's have the courage to leave the comfort of our seat and let's pray before God. Let's sing it again, Sophia. We trust in our God.
you're in the middle of a tough journey, I'm going to ask that you put your right hand just on top of your head, just to pray. Holy Spirit, for every hand on every head, could the prayer and care team come up, guys, and help us just lay hands on the people here. Every time the evil one tells you you're going to collapse in this, you're not able, I pray the Holy Spirit of God would blast the devil out of your head. Who'll say amen? I pray the Lord would change your heart on this tough journey and that you would begin to see the spiritual reality and that you would begin to see the things unseen and that you would see that this is an opportunity to learn, to become stronger, and to become powerful in God's army. I pray in Jesus' name that you would not become a victim, but that you would be an overcomer in the name of Jesus and God's people said. For those of us who want courage so that when we do see a tough journey ahead, that we don't collapse, but we run into it like the 72, be like the 72 lift up both your hands to the Lord I pray Lord Jesus when we go to heaven it would be recorded that we were like those 72 and we prayed for the sick and they were healed say amen for yourself I pray if a demon comes against you you will take authority in Jesus name can you say amen I pray someone rejects you, that you would be resilient and strong. And no words of rejection would take away your confidence. On the contrary, you would sense Jesus standing next to you. Can you say amen for yourself? And I also pray by the power of the Spirit of God, that you would know what it is to return after a journey and you would reflect and say, I was not devoured. I was not destroyed. I did not die. On the contrary, I'm alive and I am a witness to the goodness of God in the land of the living. And so we pray that into every man and every woman standing before your throne here today, God. Help each one of us to be the courageous ones. And I pray that our activities would be recorded. And that when we go to heaven, as your word promises, our deeds would be rewarded in heaven. So God, we want to build up treasure in heaven. And here today, we pray you would send us out into our neighborhoods and our situations that we would be faithful. We pray in the name of Jesus and God's people said. I want to pray one more thing. This is just a word of knowledge. Maybe you're down there, maybe you're up here. Someone here, since there are two people or there's two situations, someone is facing someone who is sick and you came in here today and your heart is low because of the sickness 
I believe God is going to do something powerful here today. Hallelujah. And someone else has seen a demonic situation. And it's spooky. And we're going to pray that you will go back into that situation and you'll take authority over it. So in the five minutes we have left, if there's a sickness or a demonic situation in your life or in someone you, you love in their life, would you lift up your hand wherever you are? Okay, can I ask the other people to return to their seats but remain standing? If you're down there, could you come up and join us? We're going to pray with you up here. Hallelujah. You know what the psalmist said, Ernie read it during the week. He is the God who heals all our diseases. Not some, he heals all our diseases. Praise God prayer and care team up here guys to help us pray for sickness that is a bit overwhelming could you lift your hands up Michael could you just we're going to pray with the anointing oil on Tuesday but we're going to just lay hands on you now just lift up your hands we pray into that sickness and we pray that the gospel would come alive for whatever sickness you or your loved ones are facing. In the name of Jesus, we pray as you lay hands on your loved one, on yourself, that you would be healed in the name of Jesus. Come Holy Spirit and show us the kingdom of God is here in Cork in November 2019. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name facing a demonic situation you know there's something really evil going on could you move forward to the front guys could the other guys go to their seats I'm gonna challenge everyone here if you love Jesus if you believe the Bible God has given you a power just as much as me or Michael or anyone else to overcome evil so I'm gonna ask you where you stand just to move your hand forward like that to pray for our brothers and sisters who are up here they've seen evil I know people out there will laugh at the demonic you know what they're so foolish it's real it's real it's just in Ireland people try and hide it would you lift up your situation in your hands and lift it up to the Lord I want you to say these words with me guys they're not my words they're the words of Jesus okay are you ready if you could repeat after me in the name of Jesus I come against that demonic activity that I see that I'm facing and I declare Jesus is risen from the dead the blood of Jesus covers me so in your name Lord I take authority and I say to the enemy be gone forever Jesus Satan I cast you out you have no authority in my life every place that my foot shall tread has been given to me so I claim authority by the blood of Jesus and in Jesus name Amen Amen Hallelujah. Will we give these guys a round of applause? It takes courage to pray that. God bless you guys.
Can we sing this song as an anthem for the week ahead before we finish in 60 seconds? Stay the last minute and declare this.